0: I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C.
1: You know who it is, Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler.
0: This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. All right, this is The Big Douglas Show, and I have with me today Brandon, better known as I am Rant, from uh, Twitter. How are you, my friend?
2: Afternoon, gentlemen. Thanks for having me, Doug. Absolutely.
0: And my brethren, Doug Rose, is on Fan Ambassador. How are you doing, Doug?
1: I'm doing pretty good, Doug, man. Uh, I love the name. I gotta say, first and foremost, it's as good as it gets.
0: Obviously.
1: Obviously.
0: (laughs) uh, It is not often that I am jealous of a man's beard. We will take a minute to uh, admire the beauty for those of you that... uh, are watching on YouTube and are checking the pod. uh Listen, Doug's beard has shamed us to the point that I might shave when we're done. It is at <laughs> least <laughs> it is at least nipple length on its way to belly button length. It is a it where, is that, some beautiful shade of pewter. If I cannot explain it properly for the folks at home, it is a beautiful. Yeah, a that's pewter. where it's
1: headed. How,
0: how long has that thing been growing there, my
1: friend? Well, I started it about six years ago, and I trim it twice a year. So in six years, I usually do about two inches at a time. So I have shaved a good foot, or uh, trimmed a good foot off of it in the last six years. So it'd be a lot, lot longer than what it is now without that. So
0: I, yeah, I have, my, I have had I have had mine, you know, bottom of the <laughs> neck, top of the chest level before. Uh, right. It is It is a lot of work. I've also Absolutely, had hair in the middle of my back. That beard is a lot more work than long hair. Uh, yes, Brandon, sir. how long has the beard gotten
2: for you? Uh You know, I haven't fully actually shaved, like, Bear Razor shaved my face probably in over a decade, but... The longest I can grow mine is not much longer than this, or it just gets wild and like bushy looking. It, I can't. I don't have the nice maintained look like Doug's got over there. He's got a, he must use a couple different skincare products, or he's got a, a couple different know. lineup or something. Because my shit goes like wild, man. I don't even know how to how I could even. I'm I, uh, you're a level above me. I, there's no other way I, to say. I, it. I, uh, he's a couple
0: levels again uh, above both of us. He's got a real Gandalf thing going on,
2: which I love.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, it, I man. It. I'm, a, I, I'm a big Lord of the Rings mark. I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, but I use some beard balls, man, a compliment. and I, I actually have a boar hair brush that I use to brush it multiple times a day with that beard ball. It's a lot of work, man. It really is. And the older I get, the more I kind of wonder if it's worth it. But, you know, hopefully one day I'll get a, a audience to play for ZZ Top or something. You know what I mean? So yeah, I can. I think beard
0: wise, anyway, I can hang with those guys. I ain't no doubt it. And listen, somebody has got to give you some kind of beard balm sponsorship. You know, I mean, yeah, we got to work that thing out.
1: <laughs> hey, so. Right, well, like we're
0: we're here. We're here for the football team. Let's start with this, Doug. You uh, you are part of the fan ambassador deal. Tell us how that happened. And I know there are definitely different roles that everybody
1: has. What is yours? All right, well, it started, um, a friend of mine nominated me for this. I knew there would be thousands of applicants, and to be honest with you, Doug, I didn't think I stood a shot, and then just out of the blue, two or three weeks after my nomination, uh, I received an email from Mr. Joey Begovich, the Executive Vice President of Entertainment for the Washington football team, saying I had been selected as a semifinalist, and that he wanted to do a one-on-one Zoom interview. I thought, well, cool. It's an honor to make it this far. So a week or so after the email, I did the interview. Uh, We hit it off really well. Um, I know Doug Williams was also a part of this in the selection process. I have yet to meet Doug, which I hope to one day, you know, one of my childhood heroes. Um, But, yeah, man, and then it was probably three weeks after my interview, that I got an email said I had been selected, man. I mean, this all just went in the blink of an eye, really. and I was so shocked but so honored to be chosen. And what it is is there are seven categories, um, and I, I really love that the team has done this, man, because really all of us ambassadors in the, the seven different categories, all we do is really reach out, get to know other fans, and take opinions on whatever our category is to the team. Now, we don't have all this pull and, you know, we're not chasing cloud or anything like it. It's just we're all basically fans who have, been, you know, just gotten tired of the way things have become. Our once proud franchise, you know, hit rock bottom. It's been there for a while. So, you know, I can speak for myself personally. I mean, I can tell you guys, I had given up social media for a long time until the name changed, Okay. So then, I I started a new Twitter account, which is my current Twitter. When I interviewed with Mr. Begovich, I had nine. Uh, well, I'm up to almost 700 now in this short amount of time. They're almost all Washington fans, and that my the way I look at my priority. I'm part of the family category, by the way, and our responsibility is to come up with different ways to make game day more entertaining for families, okay? So as soon as we had our first Zoom meeting as a group with the Fan Ambassador Network, I sent a tweet out, and it was retweeted dozens of times, and I've got dozens upon dozens of suggestions. I noted every single suggestion, whether I liked it or not, whether I agreed with it or not, I want every Washington fan to be able to have a a voice, and I'm just kind of a representation of that voice, man, and I couldn't be more honored to be part of it, Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what's going on. Right now I'm in my car. I'm on my way to the Friday Night Light football. Uh, We have a really quick in-person meeting at 530, the Fan Ambassador Network. We're getting polos and this stuff. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about what we're doing next, but as far as myself, and there are six others in my category, um, which we're all going to be meeting for the first time in person today. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to come up with some ideas and talk about ideas that's been suggested to us over social media. And, you know, we're just really excited to be a part of it. Just, just you know, when it comes down to it, we're a representation of the millions of Washington football fans across the globe.
0: Brandon, it feels like the turnaround for the franchise I mean, for those of us that have been following for a long time, it's incredible. Does it feel like they're hitting the right notes here?
2: It seems like it seems like they're trying to, you know, they're doing what they need to do to get back the fan base that they you know, we are proud fan base. And uh, I think that shows, you know, we've stuck through a long time. If you're still a Redskins fan or a Washington fan. Um, you know, at this point you've, you've stuck around through the misery. So you're a, a hardcore fan, you know, if you're still around, so for them to reconnect and try to see, you know, about continuing those traditions and then, you know, he, Doug mentioned football and family, it's, you know, family is one of the main things football Sunday at my house, you know, is talking about how can we connect to that next generation of fan base. And uh, I think that's really important for a bunch of people that, you know, I don't live locally, I'm in California, but I know that the, you know, Washington probably isn't the most popular team anymore. You probably have younger kids growing up, looking at the Ravens or other teams that are winning and more successful. Um, so, you know, it's good that they're reaching out and trying to reconnect to a, you know, We have a a long tenured, you know, franchise, even though the name's changing, you know, hopefully we can keep that tradition of having a proud franchise and fan base, you know, keep that strong. So it seems like they're trying to do that, which is awesome. And I mean, it's still at the early stages, but I would say so far it's that effort is just that effort alone is much better than we were getting before. So I got to say it's as of now, it's a success for sure.
0: Brandy, you brought up
2: the name change. We won't spend a ton on it
0: just because. There's, not, I mean, we don't know anything, you know. So we can we can throw our favorites out there, but but it's hard to really know sometimes. I'll say this: I long had thought that it'd be Washington Football Team, just because it's hard to offend people if you just go Washington Football Team. But we had Smoot on, and God bless him, you know. He's a he is a proud Red Wolves guy, and he spent a bunch of time with us. And and I don't, and it's not so much about whether it will end up being uh, Red Wolves or Wolves. But I will say this, You spent a lot of time talking to us about needing to recapture the youth. Uh, and so I, I do think that we don't spend enough time, like Sentinels is the new one bouncing around Twitter today. And, and frankly, the the, the helmet it may be my favorite that I've seen yet that they did. That, that guy, Decent Steve, does an incredible job. Uh, but... I think that it's it's fair to recognize that finding something that will really entice young kids to buy merchandise and root for the fan base, I I, I really am set on the idea that whatever the name is, it won't be for guys like us, right? It'll be making sure that the next generation is excited and, and pushed through uh, Doug, I think your microphone is off, but if you'll turn that on, we'll get your opinion on that. Brandon, we'll go with you first until we can get Doug's microphone on. Sure. Uh, as far as can the name there? change. Oh. There it is. Go ahead, Doug. What do you think about that?
1: Oh, Sorry about that. No, uh, I agree with you completely, Doug. Um, you know, right now my son's actually driving while I'm doing this. He's, he's 20, and um, he's the fourth generation member of our family to be a, a Washington fan. And he can tell you, he didn't have a single friend in high school that was a Washington fan. And I'm telling you, man, when when we were growing up, almost all of us were Redskins fans, man. I mean, you know, there was no Carolina Panthers. There was no Tennessee Titans. So even where I live, I'm in Virginia, but I'm six hours away from D.C. I'm in the far southwest corner of the state. My city is actually split down the middle between the Virginia and Tennessee state lines.
0: Okay, Bristol. so I, li- I live in Bristol. in
1: Bristol. That's right, sure. Yeah. And, um, the Redskins were our local team as well, you know, even being that far away from the DMV area. Um, and we were all Redskins fans. And my son went through his entire childhood. And don't get me wrong, the 2012 season, the stretch run at the end of the year was fun with RG3 and all that but that is the bright spot for my son's fandom at 20 years old. So they have they, – they have, you know, the, the, the younger generation, this new young adults, man, they really have – pardon the pun, flock to the Ravens and, and and things like that. So they are abs- – and I've been able to talk a little bit with the team president, Jason Wright, and, and uh, Mr. Begovich and stuff, and they really are trying to please all fans. But I – that the younger generation trying to get them back in that's really their main focus
0: go ahead jump in there Brandon
2: yeah, I mean that makes makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, you know, we're the guys with the disposable income right now, but they also know we're the ones taking our kids to the game, so they know they've got us for another 20 or 30, but they're trying to get those kids and their kids for the next 50 to 60 and plus. So, I think it's I think it's smart, man. I I'm not sure what the name's going to be. I mean, my favorite would be Wolves when Red Wolves was picking up steam. I always thought the Wolves version of it was cool because, you know, you sometimes you want to keep a tradition. It's nice to keep certain things, but then sometimes we overvalue other things, like keeping the red. And we're just trying to change the name just, It would almost seem kind of like a, you know, finger on the nose to the NFL if we kept it anything too closely tied to the previous name. Um, but I thought the I like the double Ws. You know, I thought they might even do like a curly W, pay homage to the Washington area. They you know still keep the burgundy and gold as a tradition and then um you know there's a lot of cool marketing concepts as you can do behind it i thought the really important thing that is um missing has been unity among the fan base i know not everyone's going to be happy with whatever the name is but i just think that the name is going to have to incorporate something where you can do an identity for the fan base you know some way to really bring the fans back in something appealing that they can do and um you know i think wolves really does that you know they could run with a ton of different marketing slogans doesn't have to be color specific you know i think just the cool alliteration i think no matter what the name is we're all going to get on board cuz it's going to be our team no matter what sure, sure. like i said we're all we're all hardcores at this point um, sure. but there is an opportunity to do some really cool stuff and some really cool marketing and branding so i'm excited about it i think they have an opportunity if we do something like the guardians how the Indians went to the Guardians I think that was a you know they didn't put enough time and effort into it they had an opportunity and the, in my opinion you know changing it was good if that's what they wanted to do but if we come after this big old you know in fan ambassadors and input and everything to something that kind of weak I think it's going to be a strong I think it's going to be strong it has to be we've taken this long to develop it
0: well and that's it it's been a long time coming on this thing uh, two years ago a lot of time and indians fans i know in cleveland just wanted them to switch to the spiders the old negro league baseball team there they had an opportunity to do that it's interesting We'll, we'll wrap up on the name uh with this vegas still has red tails in the number one spot which is really odd to me because amongst the fan base you haven't heard about it in years since like the name change first came around so I'm surprised by that. But of course, Vegas doesn't put odds on things for no reason either. So I, I'm surprised by that. I still think I still think anything red is out. And, and more and more, I think that leaving at Washington football team or football club allows red folk to continue wearing their redskin gear because they haven't switched mascots. And I think that's a problem, whether they want to admit that or not. All right, let's do this. Let's get to, let's let's get to some actual on the field stuff. I have written a list of things down here, just for fun, and we'll get your opinion on it. Uh, right, let's start with this. I've got Ryan Fitz, Fitzpatrick will throw for forty five hundred yards and thirty touchdowns this year. Doug,
1: high,
0: low. What do you think?
1: You know, I'm going to say push, man. I like those numbers. Uh, I think that's right around where he's going to be if he stays healthy and he's allowed to, uh, to, you know, he's given that opportunity and there is no real battle there. Uh, I like those numbers, man. He's got some luck. I really, honest to goodness, believe is the best team he's been on in his long career.
0: Go ahead,
2: Okay, so uh... – I I do think that he's got a that is a pretty good number. I think there is potential for him to hit that. I'm going to actually take the under, though, but not as a slight to Fitzpatrick. I'm going to take it as our defense is just going to be so dominant, man. I don't foresee us having to play from behind very much where he's going to have a huge a bunch of huge yards. I mean, god bless his heart we had kirk cousins over here he could throw for a million yards you know but i think he got like 15 touchdowns so i think the touchdowns part matters more Uh, i think 30 touchdowns would be huge but i also think we have gibson who's you know he is no slouch man and he gets down in that red zone he he has a knack for getting the ball in there and then like you both dougs mentioned the weapons you know so I think the, the yards and the touchdowns might be a little bit high, but it's more so because our defense isn't going to have us out there trying to win a shootout. I don't think we're going to need, you know, gunslinger fits to show up every game, hopefully, you know, knock on wood. Yeah, yeah it's interesting.
0: You have to always – uh, remember, too, there's an extra game this year, 17 games. So, number 17. I didn't should be that in. A little, yeah, it's, it's weird to remember to think about it that way, but that's kind of how I got there. You know, it's interesting. I've, I've heard Ron say this a bunch of times. He has, they were there together in Carolina. He has said several times that he has studied what they've done in Buffalo, kind of as the way they're looking at the rebuild. Now, I know they got Jonathan Allen, so it's just a little bit different than what we've done currently. But the concept is Billy Bean, the general manager up there in Buffalo, said uh, he and McDermott that they would love to win defensive football battles 17, 14 as well. It's just not the way. I mean, you have a heart attack and grow old in the NFL. That's how you're trying to win games is by defensive slugfest. So I do think no matter what Ron says, he, they want to score points and push the ball down the field, and it's exactly why they've got fits in there. Brandon, let's look at this. Uh, it interestingly enough, Terry had four touchdowns last year. It seemed you know he had a big year, eighty some receptions, over thousand yards, only four touchdowns. Let's set. So I have set the over under touchdowns for Terry at five.
2: I'm going over. I'm going over with that for sure.
0: When I did this, five
2: seemed like – like the over seems like it's easy to take.
0: But you got Diami Brown, who should eat up targets. You've got Curtis Samuel, who should eat up targets. I can't say enough because had 80 receptions last year. So, I mean, Air who point. knows what's going to happen there? Uh, so, yes, it feels like the over should be easy, but – a lot of weapons of it. It seems weird to say that there
2: are a lot of weapons on the team this year. It, it's that to me, it's that double edged sword almost, where it's we have more weapons now. So it's how much coverage is going to be drawn away from McLaurin now to possibly open him up. Maybe down in the red zone, he's getting doubled a lot or, you know, he's getting a lot of safety help and stuff like that. So maybe now with the emergence of a Curtis Samuel or a Diami Brown, you know, maybe those safeties can't shade over as close. So I'm hoping that I understand where you're saying that the targets, the targets might go down. I think you might be right, but maybe his touchdown numbers per route go up, you know, because if he, he had a hundred targets last year, I want to say, or. That seems fair. I know the receptions, I think when I looked, were at 87. Right. Yeah. So I know so he I didn't mean, catch everything target. obviously, but um, yeah. And only four touchdowns you that's, you know, four touchdowns every time or one touchdown I'm the ball every when time to saw the
0: number four
2: yeah that seems weird just for it to be that low but kind of back to my point i think Gibson Gibson when we got the ball down there towards the red zone they were feeding him and he was just he was a monster down there
0: it was he ate up touchdowns no doubt uh, the other one i have here which i think would be interesting is logan thomas i have it at over under six touchdowns
2: you want to get Doug for? His, Let's get. Uh, we got
0: Doug back. Now we'll go. Sorry we'll about that, I guess. Now nah, you're fine, Doug. We're playing a little bit of over under here. Uh, we we just got through with Terry. We're talking about Terry only had four touchdowns last year, which is surprising. So I put the over under number there at five.
1: Oh, over.
0: Let's. That, I
1: believe. I believe by time. Was-
0: well, let's do
2: this, Brandon. Logan Thomas at over under six touchdowns. Logan Thomas, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with over. Also, now you got me thinking about that extra game in there. And how many did he have last year? I feel like he had similar to that last year. It, it, I think it was six, which is why I put the number there. Okay, yeah, I think he's gonna go with more. They obviously love that guy. They they really love him. They re-signed him or extended him, and I think he's gonna be. You know, we hear about that. Um, that North Turner offense, you know, that Air Correale, you know, coached offense, the tight end is a big part of that offense. You know, Antonio Gates made a living in that offense. So uh, if they really like Logan, as much as it seems like they do, I think he's going to, I think he's primed for a big year. Six seems low, six seems way low.
0: And it's interesting too, because uh, the quarterback, the quarterback loves throwing a tight ends too. Loves it. And it's interesting. We were talking about, Terry, I jumped back there real quick. We've been doing a fantasy football episode each week. And when you talk to the fantasy football guys, I, I've asked them, I said, well, there's so many more weapons now. What does that do for the usage and the and the target share for McLaurin? And he said, basically, they all say the same thing. If you just go look at the history of numbers, it won't matter. Number one, receivers get targets. Uh, and particularly with Fitzpatrick, if you go back and look at his number one receivers the last four years, I mean, you're looking at like 120, 140, 180 targets to number one receivers by Fitzpatrick. I mean, it is
2: just insane, the number. Is that back to but, your point about this being the best team he's ever been on, though? Maybe. And he said it. Yeah. I actually,
0: I actually have, I got it here on my notes. I used to do these call-me-crazy segments. This is kind of more like that. I think Diami Brown leads the team in receiving touchdowns.
1: Yeah, that's not a bad prediction, Doug. I mean, you know, from everything I've read so far, what little bit I got to see at training camp, uh, the kid's explosive, man. Um, You know, I think he's – that's why I felt, going back to what you were talking about with what could Fitz's numbers be, I, mean, I think we're going to see a lot more Gibson lot, uh, going out routes. That's going to be but I've seen so far. Everybody's high, man. I think
0: he's going to have year. It's interesting with Gibson. They they specifically said you know they did not ask him to run a ton of routes last year because they just wanted to learn how to be a running back. Uh, so to your point, I definitely would expect to see him uh, going out for a whole lot more routes. Let's switch to the defensive side. I've got on here, Cole Holcomb will lead the league in tackles.
2: The league or the team? The team. Oh, okay. I, think I thought you said the league. Sure. I think he'll lead the team in tackles for sure. I think I did say league, but I meant to say team. Okay. Well, either way, I mean, shoot, if he's leading. That's a lot. That's a lot. I don't. I mean, I'm hoping and Davis becomes that guy for us. But Cole Holcomb, just to do that, if that means he's staying healthy and that that would be big for us, because when he was healthy, he was a different play, uh, made a difference when he was in there. He was out. I, I don't remember exactly how many games he was out last year. But I know when he was out, our defense was towards the beginning of the year when our defense was still trying to find itself with those moving pieces at safety and the linebackers really trying to find a home. But, uh, I mean, I could see it. It would have to be meaning he's healthy. So if that happens, that's that's yeah. a good thing for sure.
0: I think a lot of two uh, linebacker looks
2: this season. With, with Jamin and, and Cole? Yeah.
0: I think they're going to run a ton of that Buffalo nickel, and I, and I think they're going to try to get more of the defensive linemen on. I think they'll be happy with two linebackers. I've said that a while now, and I and I I totally believe it. I, I think you can see five defensive linemen on the field a bunch, and I think you'll see five DBs, whatever whatever they are, whatever you want to call them, on the field a bunch
2: with just one linebacker. If we run some 5-2 looks, man, that would be – we got the guys to do it.
0: I've been calling it the shark attack defense.
2: Shark attack. Nice. I like that.
0: Yeah. I, I, nice I, I, can,
2: I can see a scenario
0: where they've got Jonathan Allen playing and a bunch this year so they can get those tackles in.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I've had the same thought process that we'll see him a lot at the end this year. Yeah, yeah we, we do, do
0: need Chris a solid Williams.
2: third. Smith yeah. Williams,
0: I think, is going to have a big year, too. They like him. Twy why Kerrigan's not here.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, is that, that's one.
0: I have here uh, – I have Jonathan Allen leading the team in sacks this year.
1: I'm leaning towards uh, uh, Montez. I think Montez is, is dude, you know, again, I always say when I'm talking number predictions, I always say, if healthy, uh, you know, I know Chase gets all high and rightfully so and we could be watching a potential future Hall of Famer in him. Man, I like Montez's skill set. He has everything Chase does, but he's bigger, stronger, and faster. (laughs) You know, uh, he wasn't nearly as – even though he was a first-round pick, he wasn't –
2: Go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, he – Montez's. Yeah, no, you're right. I think you're. I'm right there with you, Doug. That, I mean, Montez has that same skill set that Chase has. I mean, he may not be as thick and strong, but he's a uh, bigger and faster. And so that skill set, I think a lot of people are going to look at the sack numbers to see, but it's really going to be an indication of who the better teammate is on the line because I think these guys are going to get funneled sacks. You know, when John Allen beats a guard on yeah. his one on one. He, that quarterback's either got to step up and eat that sack, or he's going to walk right into Sweat or um, Young. So you know the sweat numbers or the excuse me the uh, sack numbers aren't necessarily a big indicator of uh, who's going to be the best. But I think Montez is going to have the best numbers because he's just going to be out there. He's so quick and so long. It's just. It's ridiculous. He could just explode when these QBs try to escape out of the pocket. A Daniel Jones tries to get around the corner, and he, you know, he's getting tackled behind the line of scrimmage from behind because Montez is so quick, you know. But uh, it's exciting, man. Montez is great. And, and, it,
0: and it, it's actually that funneling is why I have Allen at at the top. I think he's actually going to be the benefit of a lot of those sacks where where the edges are crashing and, and the quarterback, to your point, instead of rolling to side to side, has to step. Right up into the middle of the pocket. Yeah, uh, it's funny, the, the next on my line on my list here is Montez Sweat will have more sacks than Chase Young. Yeah. That was that was yeah. that was next on my list. I, here.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's an easy one for me based on your last question. Yeah, I mean, I honestly believe that they'll both be double digits this year. I really do. Um, you can't double everybody on our line. I mean, you know, they all play such an integral part, you know. We've already talked a lot about Allen. And you know, deron is just that 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 man eater. You know, Duron, you know, he's two, three guys every play he's taken out, you know, and that's his job. And he does it well. Uh, but man, we have got to have the fastest defensive end duo in the league. I mean, so much quickness, man. You know, and Chase, you know, even though there were some people down on his sack number. I mean, you know, from the get-go, that kid was taking on double and triple teams. Now, you know, you look at the playoff game, and he wasn't terribly productive, but that's not just on him. I mean, he was facing the greatest ever do it, and who was getting the ball out in two seconds every time he dropped back. And nobody's going to get sacks on him, you know. I mean, we sacked Brady a couple times, but, you know, I, I really, I've said all spring and summer long, If they're both allowed to play 17 games and they stay healthy, uh, I absolutely believe we could be looking at a a 16-17 for one, which, like I said, I think Montez leads the team, and Chase could be right there at 12-13. I mean, we could be looking at 30 sacks between the two of them. That's how I feel about them.
0: And, and if the offense can give us anything, imagine this defense being able to play with a 10-point lead.
1: Oh, yeah. Peanut so tears back and just go? Oh, yeah. Because
0: they did not have that opportunity last year no. at all. Right. No. I looked it up. The team The team scored 40 against the Cowboys. They didn't score 30 points one time. Not one time last year. Yeah. Other than that 40-pointer, it was all in the teens or the 20s. When you, when you look at how
2: bad our quarterbacks way, were. Yeah, our quarterback oh, yeah. is atrocious. So,
1: yeah, I mean, the quarterback play reminded me of the spurrier years, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, you know, back then we had, you know, Hasselback putting out a 0.0 quarterback rating, And that's kind of what last year reminded me of from the quarterback position, man. I mean, when there was little to no production all year long, check yep. down after check down, and our athletes had to make plays
0: you had to feel bad for Turner because there were things he wanted to do last year and you kind of could see it in the last two games that he just was not able to do early in the year with, because of the quarterback play. This is the last question I have here. Who's more likely to get cut Jimmy Moreland or John Boston? Uh, uh, I don't
1: know. I probably lean. I would probably lean Boston. Um, uh, you know, Bostic's getting a little bit of praise early on here, I read, over the last few days here at training camp. Um, I've never been the biggest fan of Bostic. Uh, I just, you know, I've always felt he was a little too slow. Uh, I, I don't dislike him, you know, but I just knew we could upgrade there. And uh, I think our secondary is just as improved position on our team as wide receivers or anything else, man, because bringing in Jackson, he's a stud, man. He is a stud. That's been my favorite move of the offseason outside the draft because I love the Davis kid. I love that draft pick, but our secondary is going to be strong, and I think, uh, I know I'm personally high on Moreland. I have been. I could remember watching him in college. Um, You know, I think we're going to see we're gonna see another big step up out of end this year a little bit more production uh, so I, I I think between those two I think Bostic could be the one to go I
2: gotta I gotta go against you my bearded brother I gotta think uh, that it's the uh... I got to think that it's Moreland on the way out just because of how much depth that we have that back there. Now, the addition, the addition of Collins and I think Ben uh, St. Juice is really, it seems like that's the type of corner Ron really likes. Ron seems like a guy who has a really a mold or a preference of player and styles that he really likes. And it seems like that press corner, that bigger kind of slot corner, Jimmy Moreland's a heck of a player and he he's, good when he can make a break on a ball but he doesn't really have that size granted it hasn't really it hasn't really hurt him he's still not afraid to stick his nose in there and make a play on a run play so you know bless his soul for that but you know you just can't coach size and I feel like Ron really likes that size Um, and, and another thing as far as why to keep Bostic the guys are so young on that other side of the ball where Bostic is kind of like that coach in the room for me. He's going to be the one holding, jamming Davis's hand, yep. you know, making sure to teach him how to be a pro. We kept Thomas Davis last year, kind of, I I feel kind of say, in that similar I role. That
0: right after, yeah, I, that's that, that's weird. And, and I've been saying this for a while, and I, and I really believe this Uh if St. Juice can play and he's like a Brandon Brown or Richard Sherman type, he can start working outside, which allows them to move Kendall Fuller into the nickel, where I think he's probably better suited to play. That's the only reason that I go. I, I did the same thing. I said Bostick over Moreland, just because I really think sooner than later, Juice is going to start outside, which will allow them to move Fuller into the nickel, where he's better suited at. But if you, if you appreciate or look at the PFF numbers, Moreland was the second best nickel corner in the league last year. I mean, he was really good. That's yeah. why I thought it was interesting. That's why I thought it was an interesting question because I'm not sure there's room for both of them.
1: Yeah, that was, so that was a good question, man.
0: We, we wrap up each show like this, and Doug, we'll start with you and Brandon, you can go afterwards. What is What would make for a good season this year for the Washington football team?
1: You know, uh, for me, a good season would be, you know, of course, every year my heart wants to say Super Bowl title but my head says, uh, number one improvement on last year. And I mean, you know, we won the division, but for me, there'll always be an asterisk there. You know, it was, it was a really poor division. The Eagles and the Cowboys were eat up with the injuries. Um, you know, the, the giants, <laughs> uh, I hate the giants, <laughs> you know, the giants swept us and, and, you know, we're sitting there rooting for the Eagles on Sunday night. Um, that number, number one, first and foremost, I want to see progress. I would love to see us hit that 11 win mark. It has been so long since we've won 11 ball games in a season. And now, like you mentioned, we have an extra game, so an extra chance to do it. It's a tough one in Buffalo, but you know, 11 games, and even to add on to that, win a daggone playoff game. I mean, you know. We stay healthy. We get into the playoffs. Yeah, we played Brady close last year, and we had the, the games against Seattle. Where we had a couple chances to win, you know, in our, our, our previous playoff experiences. It's been since 2005, man, since we won a playoff game. My son was four years old, so he don't he don't know what it's like to see us win a playoff game. Yeah. So, I mean, you can imagine how hyped we were sitting around TV when we had the ball last year and we were within a score late in the game, I mean, he's not going to see anything like that. And going way back to your points, I mean, little things like that, just progress. I'm not greedy. Just progress. Win a playoff game. Win 11 games. Those happen. Man, I'm thrilled.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm the, I'm right there. I'm the same boat. I I was looking up uh the last I was trying to find the last time we had a a 10 win season. I think I think it was the year we won the Super Bowl. I think ninety-one was the last time we actually had a 10 win season. So I was I thinking think we
1: that, won. I'm sorry, not to interrupt you, Brandon. Oh, I you're apologize. Fine. I ahead. think we won 10 games in 99 when we won the division. Okay. Uh, I think we were 10 and 6 that year. And then, you know, next year is when we signed Dion and Bruce and, and we had you're all just the hype. Yeah, I, I, I think we I think we won ten that year, but eleven was the last time. What you mentioned, last time we won was eleven, nineteen ninety one. Yeah. Uh,
2: okay, Nine so times. yeah, I would love I would love. That's the same marker I'm at. I just want to get to the playoffs and win one game in the playoffs. Just take a step forward. You know, this franchise has always been one step forward, it seems, or a, or a half a step forward, and then two steps back. You know, when you're we were seven and nine and nine and seven and we're just kind of dancing around mediocrity and it didn't yeah. seem like we were doing anything to get above that. So I want to see what Ron can do in year two, take what he's built already, continue, build upon that foundation. And uh, I really think we're gonna have the chance to do it, man. He's talking about it Still, we're drilling the fundamentals. You listen to him talking camp. He goes, we're not anywhere. We're back at square one. We're starting back at 0 we're going to see what these guys remember from last year and build up from there. We're not going to try to, you know, go crazy with it. I, I think he's taking a patient approach, a slow and steady approach, instead of feeling the pressure from the outside of, Hey, you won the division. I think the pressure is there to win it again, obviously as progress would indicate, but you know, he's feeling that internally versus externally. And I think that's a big difference where, you know, he's able to apply the pressure on our guys and he's really, progress to me is just further developing himself as the, you know, the, the patriarch of this organization right now, you know, the team is going to be molded in his look and style and mentality. And uh, I'm excited of who we picked as a head coach, man, you know, compared to the last guy, I think I got a lot of belief in Ron Rivera. And uh, just that, brother, It feels different
1: this time. Yeah.
2: What was that, Doug? It
1: really, really it, does. I it feels different this time.
0: Right, we we kind
1: of it feels like we're getting respect, and it's been a yes. long time I mean, from the media and from other yes. coaches and teams, and and us old head fans, man, we can remember the glory days, and you know we just got to a point in this last 20, 25 years where we made the big free agent signings, we you know brought in the big name coaches, and nothing ever worked, so we just. You know, we fell off the top of the cliff, man, and we've been down at the bottom so long, but it does it, Doug. It feels different. It, I've been saying that. I was I started saying that last year. Rivera is such a widely respected man across the league. I, I, he's old school, and I love that. <laughs> I, I'm an old school guy myself, and I, I love that, and I think – we're, we're gaining that respect from the national media. I think we're headed in the direction where we won't be a laughingstock compared to, you know, the Jaguars and, and the perennial losers. I'm tired of that mess, man. <laughs> I'm tired, and it just it feels good. And, you know, I'm, I'm exactly with, Brandon, you know, just progress. Make that progress. The fans will come back. You know, so many of these home games over the years feel like an away game, you know. And I'm tired of that as well. Win ball games, the fans will come back.
0: So Those tell the folks at home what the Twitter handles are, where to find you, and we'll wrap the show up.
1: All right. Uh, mine is WFT underscore underscore DAR WTF. <laughs> uh, that was my new Twitter handle right after the name change, uh, but I've kept it. I've uh, Couple of people, at the organizations joked about it that I've talked to, um, and uh, you know every Redskin fan you guys know out there, guys or Washington fans, excuse me, it's still a hard habit to break. Uh, you know, get them out in front of the TV, get them to the ball games this year. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a good season.
2: Yeah, I'm Rand Burgundy is my Twitter. Um, if you guys follow me, you know I'm a one for conversation and some debates. So if you guys want to get spicy. Come follow me. If not, don't follow me because, <laughs> you know, I know you guys don't like being trolled. So, if you, you know, you might get trolled. You hey, might I, not. <laughs>
1: I, I, I like your content, man. So,
2: you Appreciate know, you got you, one
1: Doug. fan. You got what well, I read. I don't do a lot of the interacting unless somebody interacts with me. Like I said, i would kind of given up on social media. But I do read a lot. I do stalk. <coughs> Excuse me. I do the same thing on Extreme Skins. I've been a member there for – like since 05. Don't do a lot of the talking unless it's just really important, but you put up good content. Give them a follow, guys. appreciate
2: Absolutely. that. I appreciate and, that. And, if, and if, you,
0: if you go to Twitter right now and um, and subscribe to the YouTube channel, Big Douglas Show, and you make a donation to the hog farmers, we're going to raffle off one of these Big Douglas Show hats. So check that out. Give that a try. We'll be doing that for the next week. Fellas, this was a hell of a lot of fun, and I appreciate you guys coming on Give us some time today.
2: Appreciate you,
1: Doug. Hey, big cool. Doug, man, it was it was an honor. I appreciate. It. I'm sorry I was going in and out, being on the road, trying to get to my hotel, FedEx. Uh, but you know, I'd love to do it again in the future, guys. It was good to meet you. Uh, sure. And H T T question mark. That's how I end everything <laughs> I do. H T T question mark. That's All right,
0: thanks, fellas.